This is a free download from Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building. At LeBanks, St. Sampson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. Sorry, 2 Kings chapter 4. So many principles that we could gather from this. 2 Kings chapter 4. Verse 1, and we're going to read down to probably verse 6. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he says, Go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbours, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you've come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she, set a, so she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons. who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her sons, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There is not another, another vessel. So the oil ceased. And then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debt, for you and your son shall live on the rest. I love that. I love that story. It's so awesome. I want to see, I just believe there's an incredible parallel between this story and the days that we, we, we really are living in. I want to see that this, the verse, first verse tells us that this woman... Her husband was, was, a, was someone connected to Elisha, uh, was a prophet, had a prophetic kind of role, if you like, and basically debt had come. And basically now the creditors were kind of knocking on her door. And if she didn't pay that particular debt, her sons were going to be sold into slavery. And so the creditors are about to come that moment. And so she goes to, to the man of God and says, you know, you know, what am I going to do? Because the creditors are demand, demanding payment. Yeah, this is what I believe is the connection. Let me get a hold of this. I think revival, or let me put it this way, a move of God. I think in the days in which we kind of live, or I'm feeling very strongly, is no longer just an option. It really isn't just an option. It's the demand for the days in which we live. How many realise that? Just to get your family saved is going to take a miraculous, supernatural move of God. Is that true? I think often just to hold families and marriages together in, in the days in which we live 
is going to take supernatural power. And here's what you to see. We can't just be laid back and just say, whatever kind of stuff, or whatever will be, will be kind of stuff. We've got to see that the, the enemy is knocking on the door and he's wanting families. He's wanting marriages. He wants to bring all kinds of destruction. He wants to bring all kinds of things against people. And he's saying, "Those I want callings, I want ministries. The Apostle Paul put it this way. He says, I am the debtor because what I've experienced, because, the, because of the impact the gospel has made on my life, I am a debtor. I suppose what I'm saying is this. Her sons were about to be taken into slavery. And I feel very strongly that we owe this generation something because of the debt that's been paid for us. I mean, you can see that. That we owe this generation something. The hurting are saying, you owe me healing. The broken are saying, you owe me wholeness. The bound are saying, you owe me deliverance. The lonely are saying you owe me friendship. The discouraged are saying you owe me an atmosphere of life and joy. And this woman was overwhelmed in hopelessness and helplessness because of her situation. But she learned to make certain demands that met the need of the day. And that's what I'm saying there. There are demands out there, and you can see that, great need, brokenness, all kinds of stuff out there and we need to learn how to tap in to meet the needs that we see around us. And you can see that. I'm going to see some of the principles that we kind of find, how that we can meet the demands, the needs of this day. Here's all verse 2. She says, I've got nothing but a jar of what? Oil. So there's the picture, really. The thing that's going to meet the need that she sees around her is oil. That's the, the, that's the thing that's going to meet the need. And I think we need to get a revelation of oil. There's the first thing. Oil is representative of the Holy Spirit. And it's only the Holy Spirit that is going to meet the needs around us. Notice what she said. All I've got is a jar of oil. That meant she got rid of a lot of things. Ever done that? Ever have to get rid of things? You know what you do first of all? You get rid of the things you don't want. Ever you know, that, that ornament that Aunt Sally bought me, I'll see if I can sell that. That, that ghastly picture <laughs> that was given to me. And so you begin firstly to get rid of the things that you don't think are essential. Slowly but surely, you're all laughing because you're thinking of things, aren't you now? But yeah, I can sell that. And you slowly but surely begin to get rid of things. And what's left actually are the things that you consider are essential. Is that true? So here's my point. So this lady must have thought that pot of oil was the last essential thing that she had left. Oil, a pot of oil, was the most precious Thing that she had. In other words, we've got to learn to hold on to what is most precious. You've got to make sure you have the oil. There's the point. Because she had the oil, 
had everything else that she needed. strength that you need because you've got the oil you've got the person of the Holy Spirit and once you've got him then everything else falls into place amen she could have sold that but she saw that was the most essential thing that she had and you and I the most essential thing we have is the person of the Holy Spirit because from him Everything else will flow. Everything we say in there. Got the pot of oil. She realised that was the most essential thing she had. I like what David said. He says, God, anoint me with what? Fresh oil. Fresh oil. I can't live off yesterday's experience. I can't live off off, off past things. I can't live off of things that, that, are, that, are, that are worn out, if you like. I need fresh oil. We can't live off past things of God. We need fresh oil today, at this moment. Really, it's not whether you were filled with the Spirit ten weeks ago, ten days ago, ten hours ago. The question is, are you filled with the Holy Spirit now? We can't live off something that's dry. You know one thing about oil? Because oil is a liquid, oil evaporates. And all kinds of things in life that kind of wear us down, kind of come against us, and we all kind of can allow the oil to kind of leak. And we constantly need fresh touches of the Spirit. Fill me with fresh oil. I've found this, that everything God does is fresh. Is that true? He gives a fresh word. It gives fresh power. It gives fresh encounters. Everything that God does in our life is something that is fresh. Here's the next thing about that. He says, I have nothing in my house, notice this, but oil. In other words, she, she tried to, 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 to kind of minimise it. Nothing but oil. I just thought to myself, so often... We can easily overlook the very thing that God wants to work a miracle through. Nothing but a small part of oil. She thought it was so small, she didn't even think. She almost didn't mention it because she thought it was so insignificant, so small. I just thought how true that is. Something that seems so small, so insignificant, can do amazing things through life. I want to tell you this morning, your gifts are something. Your praise is something. Your prayers is something. The Holy Spirit is something. And she needed to recognise the fact that God had already given her the beginning of a miracle. And she almost missed it because it seemed so small. I think if we could realise some of the things we had, that often we kind of think are so small, we'd be amazed at what God could do. 
Often we say, I can't do anything. I've got nothing but to encourage. I can do nothing but kind acts. I can do nothing but be generous. I can do nothing but be hospitable. I can do nothing but be welcome. You don't, you don't recognise how awesome those things are. They seem so small, so insignificant, but you'll be amazed at how many lives are touched by the things we often think are small. Amen? I had a story, and I think it's powerful and it's awesome. I can't remember if I've told it before. But this woman and this guy got amazingly saved. And I thought, what can we do for God? They lived actually, I can't remember what it was, but they lived in some area which was kind of a kind of red light area. And I thought, what can we do? And they thought to themselves, hold on. She thought, all I can do is paint nails. That's all I can do is paint nails. That's all I can do. And the guy thought to himself, I used to be a cabaret singer. I can sing. That's all they felt they could do. So they began to reach these broken women, if you like. She would paint the nails and he would sing worship songs to the girls. And that's what they did. Week after week, month after month. And so many of those young girls got amazingly saved. Because someone said, all I can do is paint nails. Somebody else said, all I can do is sing songs. In amazing what God can do with the things that we seem so small. And yet when we give them to God, something incredible begins to happen. Can you say amen? Let me show you a great verse. Proverbs 21. I want to see this morning how the, the natural, if you like, begins to work with the supernatural. Proverbs 21, verse 31, says these words. The horse is prepared for the day of battle. But notice, but deliverance is of the Lord. Ought is prepared, but everything is done. We do what is natural, but the supernatural things are of God. And when we use our gifts, talents, resources, abilities, when we give them to God, we allow them to bring supernatural results. Do you remember Jesus? When he fed the 5,000, you know what? He didn't take something he didn't have. He didn't create something out of nothing. How many realize that? Took five loaves and two fishes. Something that seemed... You know what the disciples said? What is something so small compared to the vast need we have? How many are glad that when Jesus gave thanks and offered it to his Father, and he began to break it, he began to distribute it, the need was supernaturally met through natural means. Amen? God takes what we have that seems so small, so insignificant, and begins to supernaturally use it. And he brings out incredible, awesome results. Amen? Think about this. Things happen when we look at God's possibilities. We've passed from the natural to the supernatural. You know what, when you think about it, this could have been the end of the story. She could have said, you know, I've got, she could have said, I've got nothing in the house. End of story. Sorry, I've got nothing. That jar of oil, that's so important. I've got nothing in the house. But she said, 
I've got nothing in the house except. How many realize that takes faith? It takes faith to realize something so small can have such incredible results. And she had faith to believe that that small jar of oil could do something so amazing. I have nothing but one small dream. I have nothing but a burning desire that won't go away. I've got nothing but a commitment to pray. I think I shared this story before. Run down of stories. <laughs> but many years ago, the first two people that I ever saw reach for the Lord, the first two people I ever reached for Christ, now I reach them for Christ. Because these guys, remember, remember, you probably don't remember this, I remember the Bob Boots, remember that story? Remember every reason? See, Jackie remembers it. Sorry, sorry Jackie, sorry, remember that. You know, remember the Bob Boots, the braces, remember that song? How sad it was. And then these two guys, they had the, they were skinheads, really. And they had all the stuff. And I thought, how, and I, so maybe we got connected with, how do I reach these two guys? I mean, they just, how, how do you relate them? How do you connect with them? And I felt God tell me, give them guitar lessons. <laughs> I'm not the world's greatest guitar, guitarist. And so I began to give them guitar lessons. I think I showed before that I taught them, Daddy's coming to the zoo. That's all I knew. That's all I taught them. Daddy's coming to the zoo tomorrow. Three chords, that one. And within a few weeks, as we began to be together, play together, I saw them come to the Lord. Just one thing. Something that seems so small, so insignificant, yet can have incredible, powerful things. Jesus said to this, the disciples, said to Jesus, we fished all night and not caught anything. He says, let down your nets. How many of us think that letting down your net is such a small thing when you think about it? And he began to let down their nets and caught this incredible catch. And sometimes we've got to let down our reasonings, let down our own opinions. Faith believes that God can take the little and begin to do amazing things. One word can transform someone's life. How do you realise that? One kind act can radically make a difference in someone's life. One act of blessing can absolutely change the course of someone's life. Just one thing. Just one thing. Really, it's not really how big it is. All I know is that God can take what seems so small and bring something so amazing. Because if God's called you to do it, then nothing in this world can stop it. Can you say amen? Now, notice this. Got nothing in the house but a pot of oil. But there's the point. That oil only took on significance when it became poured. You have to pour the oil out. Why is it sometimes we don't pour out? Sometimes we think that our source seems so small compared to the need. Sometimes it seems so small we don't, need, we don't, we don't use it. Have you thought about this? The oil that you have is the oil you need. The strength that you have is the strength that you need. The experience you have is the experience you need. But here's the point. The oil only flows when it is poured. Here's what sometimes happens. Our hearts get broken. So we stop pouring. We get discouraged. So we stop pouring. 
We get let down, so we stop pouring. We get offended, so we stop pouring. And the enemy's goal is to stop you from pouring. And how many people used to pour in different aspects of their life, but something happened, and now they've stopped pouring. Want to see something? It's only multiplied when it's poured out. We get this idea that the more I get, the more I pour out. But you only get more by pouring out more. We think we have to get more before we can pour. It only becomes more as you pour. We get criticised, so we stop pouring. We don't feel appreciated, so we stop pouring. We get discouraged. And you know what happens when we get discouraged? We start feeling sorry for ourselves. I'm sure you've never been there. And the more you feel sorry for yourself, the deeper it goes down. The more frustrated you become. The more depressed you become. You know what you, know what you ought to do when you feel discouraged? Start looking for somebody you can encourage. The best time to encourage is when you feel discouraged. The best time to bless is when you don't feel blessed. In other words, if I want more love, you know what I've got to do? I've got to pour love out. If I want to know some levels of blessing, I've got to pour blessing out. Whatever I need in my situation, the key often is to pour it out to somebody else. If I want to see my dreams fulfilled, the best way to see my dream fulfilled is to come alongside and help somebody else fulfill their as you pour out, God amazingly begins to pour out to you. The more you pour, the more it begins to flow. I think the key in all this is to see ultimately why we're doing it all for anyway. What are we doing it all for? Really, it's all about doing it for the Lord. Is that true? So when I see that as a goal, as I see that as a kind of vision for it, then I want to pour out because if I'm doing it as unto what the Lord. And notice this. He says to her, go in and shut the door. Go in, just shut. In other words, separate yourself from everything else around you. I think for God to pour, sometimes it means we've got to separate ourselves from those things in our life that aren't pleasing the Lord. We've got to, there's got to be a separation. And if there's any word that's coming to the body of Christ in the days in which we live, is a call for separation. I'm not calling about legalism. I'm not saying cut yourself off from, from people or unbelievers. I'm talking about separating ourselves from things that we know are affecting and limiting us and holding us back. Shut the door. Separate yourself from those things that are, are, are taking your heart away from God. Those things are, are taking away your affections from Jesus. Begin to separate yourself from those things you know don't please Him. And begin to say, God, I'm your vessel. Would you give me the oil? He says, shut the door. In other words, pour out when nobody else notices, when nobody else is looking. I love the story of the lady who pours out 
Remember the, 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 the fragrance, the, the alabaster jar that she broke? Ever thought about that? Ever thought, ever realized that was her pension? That was all that she had? And she poured it out on the feet of Jesus. All the disciples called it a waste. You know what Jesus called it? Worship. Worship. She's poured it out onto me. And what she's done, because she's poured it out, the whole world is going to know about what she's done. Isn't that awesome? She poured it out. So it was wonderful release. Now, think about this. There's the oil... And there's the second part of the story, really. Because you know what the story really is about? It's about oil. And the second thing was about, it's about vessels. And there's only one qualification from the vessel. Everyone knows that. There's only one qualification for this vessel. You know what the qualification is? Has to be empty. That's the qualification. An empty vessel. Oil cannot fill what is already full. And I think it's so important that we begin to pour out those things in our life, pour out the pride, pour out the self-opinions, pour out the self-reliance, pour out the offences. And God says, bring me some emptiness. I want people that are desperate for me. I want people who are thirsty. I want people who are hungry. The Bible says, I will pour water on him who is thirsty. Here's the thing I've noticed. God really, ultimately, we may think it's the case, but it's not the case. God's not really looking for talented people. Shock. He's not really looking for really gifted people. He's not even looking for clever people. But what he is looking for are empty vessels. Vessels that are hungry. Vessels that are thirsty. Vessels that are empty of themselves and say, Lord, I just need you so much. Empty vessels are the vessels that he fills. The vessels that he's looking for in this day among this generation are empty vessels because those are the vessels he can do something with. Isn't that true? He can't do something when people are full of other things. The greatest place sometimes to be is when you come to an end of yourself. Everything ever begins at that point. I'm just Come to an end. That is an awesome place to be because that's the place where suddenly now you've come into a place of effectiveness for God. It can only fill empty vessels. And I think in the generation we live, people are just so full of so many things. God just can't fill it because the vessel isn't empty enough for God to fill it. See, the thing that hinders God is a mentality of being full. You think about it, when you're full, you don't want any more. Ever gone for a meal and you're just so full? You know, you could have the most amazing meal offered to you thinking, no, thank you very much, you know. You're just so full because you're so full. You just don't want any more. And here's the point sometimes that if we're full, then God can't fill us. When, when we've got a, a, a mentality that says, I really don't want anymore, I'm full up. I don't expect anymore, I don't want anymore. And God calls us to a mentality of emptiness. We empty ourselves of our past, we empty ourselves of our reasoning, we empty ourselves of anxiety and worry. You know, Jesus warned the church of Laodicea, 
And he says, you have an attitude that says, I have no need of anything. Instead of saying, God, I need you more than I've ever needed you before. I would say this. If we don't realize or recognize that we need God more, we've never seen the desperate need out there. (laughs) We really haven't. Because the more you see the desperate need out there, the more you realize, I don't think I can do it. I think sometimes we have this kind of sense, don't we? Do you ever feel that you're not enough? Do you look around and think, you know what? I feel so insignificant, I feel I'm just not enough. That's a great place to be. Because when you don't feel, when you don't feel you're enough, that means God can fill you with his enough. Well, that's where it begins. And we say, Lord, today, I empty myself up. You know what you're doing? You're making room for Jesus. Paul's prayer for the church is, oh, that you would be filled with all the fullness of God. Because when you're filled with all the fullness of God, everything's going to, wonderful things are going to break forth. Amen. Look at 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7. This is one of the verses I kind of like to underline. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7. Paul said this, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power of God may be of God and not of us. Oh, I believe this morning that you are a chosen vessel. You are anointed and you are appointed. There's the point. Really, it's not about the vessels. It's about what the vessels contain. The Bible says we are just earthen vessels. But we have this incredible treasure within us. And when we see ourselves as vessels of God, then we realize, Lord, today, it's not about this vessel. Because when you look at, I mean, if you look at themselves and you feel, you, you feel that the cracked vessel, the kind of broken vessel, and God says it's not about the vessel, no matter how broken it is, how flawed it is, how cracked it is. It's about the treasure that's in the vessel. It's about the fact that when I empty myself, I'm filled with his presence. I'm filled with this amazing treasure of Christ within me that's going to meet the need, that's going to release the power because of the treasure, because of the greatness of the presence that is within me. In other words, we don't put a limitation on God. Ultimately, this lady determined how much oil she would have. It was all about how many vessels she made available. As long as she didn't limit, and as long as she kept bringing the vessels, God would not be limited. How many realize that God is totally unlimited? And he wants us to believe him for greater things. We are so small, but God is so great. And no matter what we've experienced, there is more. There is the best yet to come. Someone said this, you can't limit Jesus, you can't hinder Jesus, you, can only, you can't help Jesus, let me put it again, you can't help Jesus, but you can limit him, you can hinder him. The Bible says that when the children of Israel came out of the wilderness, 
You know what they said? They said this. Can he provide a table in the wilderness? When you don't limit God, you know what comes out your mouth? Not, not can he, but it will come out your fat. He will say, he will. He won't, you won't say, God can God, but you say, God will. God, not, it's not that God will can meet my need, it's God will meet my need. It's not that God will, not God can turn that situation, he, he will turn that situation around. He will make a way where there's no way. And just begin to change in our vocalists, not just as God can, but we begin to declare that God will. How many see the difference of that? Now, let me close by this. What God's looking for ultimately comes down to this one thing alone. is a vessel. Just looking for a vessel. Just a vessel that he can work through. How many have ever, uh, how many have ever ordered a takeaway pizza for their house? How would you feel that when the guy comes for your pizza, he comes with the pizza in his hands? You know, he's got the pizza in his hands and all the, all the cheese and tomatoes all over his hands. He says, there's your pizza. Anyone would eat that pizza? <laughs> no, because what you're looking for is you're expecting the product in a box. The box itself is probably worth about 10p. The value is not in the box. The value is not in the box, but the value is what is in the box. But you need the box to carry the product. And they can see that. And this is the revelation, really. God is not going to reach people without us. Do you know that? He's not going to really save our friends, our loved ones without us. He needs a vessel to work through. He's not going to heal people without us. He's not going to bless people without us. He needs a vessel to work through. Now, here's the point. It's not about us, the vessel. It's about what's in the vessel, what needs to be released. And all that we need is within the vessel. And we've got to pour it out. And as we pour it out, as we take what we seem to be so small, as we begin to pour it out, incredible things begin to happen. Things begin to break forth. When we begin to release the, the kind of product that's within our lives. So the Bible says something staggering. That we have an anointing. Every single believer has an anointing. You have an anointing. The real question is allowing the anointing to flow out of us. You see, I've got this treasure. God's not looking for perfect people. Oh my goodness, he isn't. He's just looking for people that are available. People that are empty. People that he can work through to touch a broken world. Let's just stand before him right now. Hallelujah.
Why don't you in these moments say, Lord, today, let me be the vessel. You don't have to be talented. You don't have to be even incredibly gifted. He just looks for clean, empty vessels that he can work his miracles through. And you're one of his miracles. You're anointed, you're appointed, and you're chosen. You are a chosen vessel that God wants to use to do mighty things for in this generation. We owe this generation to be vessels, to touch them, to change lives as vessels for him. Just for these moments, say, Lord, let me be the vessel. Let me be the vessel today. Let me be the vessel for you to work and move through. Just spend a few moments right now with the Lord today. So let me be that vessel. Let me be that vessel to my next door neighbor. Let me be that vessel in my house. Let me be that vessel in my community. Let me be my let me be that vessel to friends and loved ones. Let me be that vessel to the to the work colleagues. Let me be that vessel to that broken person who's struggling right now. Let me be the vessel to the one that needs love and comfort and strength and ability. Let me be that vessel today, Lord. Let me go where you tell me to go. I just want to be the vessel. Lord, we just come before you this morning, God. and We come afresh to you today, Father. And we say, Lord, thank you, Lord, today that you have no plan A, you have no plan B or plan C. We're your plan. And we come to you, Lord, and we say, we're your vessels today. Would you work through us? Would you move through us? Would you take what seems so small and so insignificant? And would you do something so incredible and so awesome that people would know it's you? And all the glory would go to you today. Father, we come to you today. We say, use us. Use us for your glory. Use every talent, every ability, every ounce of potential. Use us, Lord, to touch the hurting and the broken, we pray. Lord, we declare over our lives today that we are chosen vessels, appointed and anointed by you. Use us for your glory, we pray, in these days when we see a generation that, Lord, that that needs the power of God, that needs a touch, that needs a move of God. We come to you today, Lord, as your chosen vessels. Use us for your honour, use us for your glory. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Eden Church. For more downloads, information, or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceelim.co.uk.